0: are we, brother to brother and everyone, a brave amigo. wherever they need us, God us, Amigos, we're always together. <laughs> Hello welcome to the Three Amigos FBL show ahead of Game Week 7. We're recording this on Monday the 24th of September and I'm your host Don and as usual I'm joined by my amigo Mars and my amiga Kylie. Marzi Baby, how did Game Week 6 work out for you?
1: Yeah, it was uh, it was quite good, actually. Um, finished with 65 points. Um, I believe I'll beat you and Kylie if we take you minus four away, Don. So, you know, like I'm happy about that. No, yeah, 65 points. <laughs> take
0: Anthony away from me, don't you? Yeah.
1: <laughs> 55 points, clean sheet at the back if I ignore Cabaselli, and we'll come to that to that lovely Cabaselli later on. Let's not like, ruin my mood right now. Um, midfield was pretty average. I mean, I had Salah and then captain as a Agu- um, Aguero's captain, Mitrovic up front. So yeah, for me, no, I was really happy with the score. Um, yeah, I was happy.
0: Nice one, Mersey and uh, Kylie. Tell me, how did Paul get on this game week? <laughs> uh,
2: yes, he did very well ended up with a game week rank of like 880. It was like everything he touched turned to gold. And I'm really jealous because while I had a respectable week, it certainly wasn't that. Like I think he ended up in the 90s or something um, in terms of points. Um, For me, I played my wild card. I didn't want to, to be honest, because I was really quite happy with the spine of my team. But um, unfortunately, as I mentioned on the pod last week, I did have a load of injuries and and non-playing people. So, look, it worked out all right. I ended up on 58 points. Um, I did sell Salah in the end, and largely that was because I wanted to bring in Lacazette, um, and, and that paid off obviously Salah scoring was not fun and it was particularly stressful watching that match. Um, I also had Mitrovic, uh, Captain Aguero and then my defenders all got me some points. Um, Alonso Robertson, but the most frustrating of which was Trippier because while his assist was lovely, the yellow card and 93rd minute conceded goal was very much not lovely. I have to
0: say I enjoy that, Kylie. I enjoyed uh, the Spurs clean sheet wipeout because um, I saw the Trippier and I was going, oh no! With uh, Robertson and Alonso did nice for um, you. You have them as well as Trippier, don't you?
2: Yeah, so I had the three of them. But <laughs> the problem is because I was wildcarding, I got rid of Mandy, and in some ways I'd be better off keeping him because Juan Bissaka, you know, Mister Biscuits was first on my bench and did not come on. So that was annoying with his nine points. Um, I shouldn't complain because I did get those points last week. But, you know, it was the second week in a row where none of my midfielders did anything. And, you know, I do have a strong midfield, so that was quite frustrating. But I guess my my strikers and my defenders have been delivering well. So hopefully the wildcard puts me on track. Yeah,
0: forward. of course, it's about more than one game week. Um, and, uh, yeah, mine was okay as well. As Maris mentioned, I took a hit, so I ended on 65 minus the four, so 61, gave me a slight green arrow. So um, I'm relatively happy with that. But um, yeah, the midfield is certainly seeming to be a bit of a problem. That's two game weeks now where uh, Pogba was my highest scoring um, midfielder. I brought him in for Pedro for the hit. Which cover did cover the hit, but um, it was you know it's underwhelming, shall we say, this game week, other than the defense, which um, clean. We got a clean sweep of um, goalkeeper and defenders. A lot of people did. But um, other than that, it wasn't anything too exciting. Um, let's give the Listener League update. And um, to with that has been finally closed because, as Mars pointed out to me, it was something I was supposed to do a couple of game weeks ago. But um, I finally closed it there. But top of the table still is Jer Newman, the nearly man, on um, 456 points. Um, second place then is Dom Superstars. That's Dominic Jervis on 443. And a special shout out to a friend of Kylie, Robaldo, Robert Byrne. He's on 442 points. So well done to that fine trio. They're doing fantastic so far in the league. Um, let's move on to the section of the show where, of course, Mars, we give Mars the microphone and we let him have his rant of the week. So, Marsy baby, take it away.
1: Oh yeah. Where do I start? So. Huh. I think a lot of people know about it because people were just like laughing at me or messing. Why would you do that? I'm like, oh, you know, after 10, why would you do that? I just said, please go check my Twitter timeline and then come back. <laughs> um, so what did I do? Why did I do that? I, um, I, I had planned the whole week to buy Madison because for, you know, feel at home and the, and the fixture list, Vardy's back, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so I bought Madison and Kabezele only really just as a playing defender because I wanted so a player to make sure that I have a playing bench, and I was impressed with Watford, but I wanted somebody that does not give me a headache. Because with Biscuit, I've been benching him, and uh, it gives me a headache when with his points, when the <clears throat> especially when he's playing easy games. So he he started for me this week. So obviously I do the subs, Mendy and... Um, who did I take out? Mendy and Kante out, Madison and Kavisela in. I did that on Friday night. I see that kind of is starting not because I played 4-3-3 last week. Take him out, bring medicine in, 3-4-3. Okay, yeah, switch it off. Go on Saturday morning. I go on Twitter. I answer questions. You know, I'm being helpful, being the nice guy that I am. Come 11th, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to go. You know, one of the reasons I didn't want to go and to check my team is because I did not want to be tempted with changing Aguero to Salah because I was just... I, it, it, it wouldn't have bothered me if Salah scored five as a Liverpool fan. So, but I was I was on Guero the whole week. And I was like, just don't change it, don't change it. I was in a lot of, you know, people were talking, people were discussing. It. I was like, okay, I don't need to look, you know. I always check my team. I always check my team at least three times because of this. I don't know why Saturday morning I just did not. At 11:30, I went to look at my phone and I saw and I was like, okay, when it refreshes, it will update. And oh, the look. Honestly, uh, about 12 o'clock, when I looked at my team and I saw Madison first sub, it I, I kid you, I'm not exaggerating. People know that I'm always having a laugh. It actually, for about 15 to 20 minutes, it ruined my mood for the afternoon. I was so mad at myself, uh, and I was convinced you. I was convinced that I did it, and I'm still convinced that I did it. But you know what? It I put them, from the mistake. it put the
0: it put the mad in Madison, huh? Uh, it,
1: it, <laughs> <laughs> I should show people the whatsapp so i I keep getting. I I think you got my you got my uh, password and you did that. You did something like you you couldn't have been Salah because that would be too obvious.
0: Marzi, I'm not even worried about you. It's Kylie <laughs> I've got my eyes on. <laughs>
1: That's fair. <laughs> right uh, anyway, this is my, my rant of the week and everything. Just like you know, check your team, check yeah, your team, for, check your team, and
0: oh. you, even if you're, I do understand though the nervousness with changing your captain that you'll sway or you'll do some rash transfer if you look at your team too late. But um, yeah, I heard, certainly agree. You need to double check, especially if you're doing uh, off your off the web app or off the app itself. Yeah. God, yeah. I don't use
1: the app. You see, I always go onto it. the website. I never use the app Aida. because of that. <clears throat> but the, I would have been on 71. That's six points. And, and, I, and I say to myself, it's only six points. But actually, six points last week, benching the biscuit over uh, somebody else, uh, that's 15 points, six plus nine. And then if you, if you add all these little things up and you think, oh, gosh, I could be like, again, I don't look at the rank now. For me, it's too early to look at the rank. I look at the total points and how far away I am from where I would want to be. You know, for example, beating Don. So I'm like, okay, I need, I need 40 more points or whatever it is. Um, but it's just frustrating, you know. And uh, when he scored, I just knew it. And the messages I got from you and Twitter, the whole of Twitter, thank you very much. Yes, I know Madison scored. <laughs>
0: in, really I, really I, I was in around. like a hot snuff, yeah.
1: <laughs> I'll tell you what, I would have been a lot more annoyed if he scored more than one. I'm glad that it's only six points uh, because obviously he scored, but I had two points from Theo. Thank you, Theo. So, you Come know, six-point yeah. difference could have been a lot worse with Huddersfield. And I watched the highlights. He he could have easily had more.
0: Um, That's a nice one, Marzi. Thanks a million. Um, and it's a good example to the rest of our listeners. Now to move on to the topic of the week. And first of all, the big topic for us this game week, of course, is to wish you our old amigo Dale all the best in luck in the world with his son, Rudy. Um, all the best and good luck being a daddy Dale. Now move on to the FBL topic of the week. Um, looking at the next game weeks, the urge to move away from Liverpool and towards Spurs is strong in the community. Robaldo at Rob underscore Red underscore Devil asked, Salah and Hazard have tough fixtures coming up and are there other midfield options to consider? But as a broader discussion, I want to kind of get your guys' thoughts on the move from Liverpool to Spurs in general. Kylie, come to you first on it. Do you think it's a plan that could work for the next couple of game weeks? Or do you think because of the ownership with Hazard, with Mane and with Salah in particular, that you're taking a massive gamble by moving to the likes of Harry Kane?
2: Yeah I'm just still not completely sold on on Kane. You know I think it could be I think we're at a point where because people are selling Salah anyway and going to Hazard and and so on that um it, there is an opportunity that we always talk about ownership risks, but as you rightly said last week, um, Mane is almost around the same ownership. So, you know, it's still early days. I think there are there are gains to be made by taking some of these risky um, chances at the moment. I'm uh, that being said, Spurs, I'm still just not really convinced by them. Um, You know, they do have pretty much all of their attacking players back now. And yet we're seeing like it's Lamella scoring. Mora's not really doing it. Ali's not really doing it. And Kane, yes, he scored, but it was a penalty. And I still just think he looks a bit meh. So for me, I'm not really thinking of it, but I can fully understand why with the fixtures that they have that people think now might be an idea to to take a risk on Kane and see if he can do it. He has some penalties and Salah and Mane have tricky fixtures, but sure, we know they can score against whoever. So I don't know.
0: I think that um, sometimes I think there's, especially when you look at the likes of game week seven, when a lot of the top players are actually coming up against each other. Sometimes you can kind of over um, analyze it, I guess, and be too nervous about actually playing those players. Whereas it is only one game week, and it's not really worth ripping up and possibly losing maybe transfer value on on players to to move off them for one to two game weeks.
2: Yeah, and I think the fact that it's Chelsea, Liverpool, just in terms of this first one, is probably the crux of the problem for a lot of people because there are a lot of double ups for both teams that people have. You know, people have Hazard and they have Alonso and then they have Salah and Ormane and maybe Robertson as well. So that's four of your premium assets in one match you might even have five of those players in that match. So that starts to look really unappealing. And so in in isolation, that one game week, I can see why you would want to sort of diversify a bit and you start to look at teams that have a more appealing set of fixtures
0: yeah, hundred percent. And I think, as you said, the problem with Chelsea Liverpool is because there's attacking and defenders up against each other. It's uh it's doubly unappealing. What do you think, Mersey, on the possible move to Spurs for a lot of people for Harry Kane? Son is one that I'm definitely keeping my eye on, but um, Harry Kane is obviously the premium at his cost. He's a hard job to get into anyone's team. But um, what's your thinking on people making moves this week for? Him? Yeah, I
1: mean, listen, listen Harry Kane. Is, is hurricane, but we in this case we're definitely looking at fixtures over form, and that worries me. Last season I did this hockey pocus between Agüero and Vardy to try and catch the fixtures, and you know what? It didn't really work. Uh, they, they got the same points, so I was just wasting a transfer between the two. <clears throat> I can't remember exactly which games, but it was basically whenever he, the other one had a a home an, an easy home game, I switched to them. Um, because I was convinced, I was trying to catch that that hat-trick, but it just never happened. I watched Spurs, I watched the highlights of the last game, and Kane had a couple of chances, but he hit straight at the keeper, he looked lethargic. Near the end, Okay, look, it was a difficult game, it's away, it was rainy, I'm not saying, you know, they're allowed to to look tired near the end. But by the penalty, he didn't really have... Much to do, which I don't understand how he got the three bonus points, but hey ho, that's that system I'll never understand. Um, so I, my concern is we are definitely looking at fixtures, and of course, you know, people looking, uh, you've got, um, Huddersfield away and Cardiff at home. Those, those are two. If Spurs were firing, then I would think, yeah, definitely I want to switch. If, if Kane was getting consistent goals, brace, One or two braces, I'll be like, yeah, definitely, I need to switch. However, we also need to remember they've got Barcelona in the middle between those two, and they just lost their first game. Are they gonna Are they gonna let the Champions League go from after just one loss? Mm. So for me, listen, a player with Kane's caliber can still go Hudsfield away, Cardiff at home, play 60 minutes, 70 minutes, score a couple of goals, and and and, and rest. Do I see Pochettino? changing things around maybe i think kane is safe now the others and that, this is one reason why i have stayed away from spurs players there's so much rotation that i don't even know where to go we talk about city but you look at the uh, the wing backs i not i think davis is much better than rose yet rose is playing more than davis sometimes uh, trippier seems to have survived the premier league rotation and he's been rested for the champions league but after the first loss would he be rested against um Barcelona when Aurier can play at Huddersfield and Cardiff so you really need to be careful again it's it's assumption Uh, at the end of the day Spurs did win although Brighton should have He's got a point out of that game but they won so they can afford to maybe think okay look respect to Huddersfield we can rest a couple of players focus on Barcelona because we cannot lose that game Um, and then see what happens afterwards with Cardiff so for me I'm I'm cautious. I I really am.
0: Yeah, I think it is very very valid point in terms of it's the form versus fixtures thing. Yeah. It's to do with uh you know it's always a risky one. And it's always one of those decisions when it doesn't work for you, you're kicking yourself for the whole weekend because you're it looking is. at you know.
1: But 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 then there's there's a there's a there's a there's that voice like you know like Pete says there's a little voice in me saying be proactive, jump on Kane first. Uh but in this case I'm just a little bit wary.
0: Let's move on to our Bonk Marion Stalk game. Uh Kylie. In this, of course, we, uh, we talk about the players who are on the move. They're, they're the foreign players in FPL and their ownership is either rising or falling. And we talk about whether or not we should bonk, marry or stalk them. Um, I'm coming to you first of all with the goalkeepers and Fabianski and, uh, Hart, Marzi, I'm going to give you. But, um, Fabianski, Kylie, what's your thinking on West Ham? They haven't looked particularly good in defence, but he's doing his save routine as usual. Um, what's your thinking of Fabianski is he one, someone you were looking at as your goalkeeping option or are, is he somebody you're just going to avoid um,
2: well okay so for me I have a set and forget situation with Patricio and I'm quite happy with that I did continue that after my card. that being said outside of my team just because I'm not looking at changing um, goalkeepers at the moment but I, you know, in terms of Fabianski for others, I'd say that even though it's, you know, yesterday was the first proper return that he's had for the season, I would call him a marry. I know, look, we all identified him as a viable option in preseason with his move, just given his pedigree in the Premier League. The fact that he was still such a cheap price at 4.5. Obviously, West Ham have not been defensively great at all since Uh, previous to to yesterday's match. But he is the kind of keeper to save a couple of penalties, make a stack of saves throughout the season. In fact, he's made 30. So he's second most saves uh, behind Hart, who is on 32. The challenge with Fabianski, I think, is that when you have him as part of a rotation, which I'm guessing most people who have Fabianski do have him in that situation, it's a case of when do you play him and when do you bench him? Because with him, and Hope last year was another good example, often the big holes are coming against the tougher teams. So you're really finding that players, uh, goalkeepers like Fabianski, tend to, to step up a, a level in those situations. So, it, it, you know, when you're playing typical fixtures for who you're determining um, to put in goal, it Like, often you won't go, oh, yeah, Fabianski against Chelsea, that seems a great shout. So he's a hard one uh, to call if you're doing it in a rotation, but I definitely think he's so consistent. He was great at Swansea despite Swansea being diabolical at times. West Ham have been fairly diabolical in defence as well, but, you know, they'll have gained some confidence. He saved a goal with his face. You know, he's he's all in there in the action. Um, I I still think, regardless of what West Ham's defense looks like, Fabianski is a very respectable long-term goalkeeping option. So he's basically yeah. a, he's a Mary <laughs>
0: when he's not a rotator, but he's probably you know I'd probably veer away from him if you're planning on rotating him because yeah, he be That's the
1: wrong. thing. That's the thing. I put a tweet up after the West Ham game saying, "Right, those who." rotate players tell me did you start fabianski and i would say seven out of ten said no and they are gutted because they benched him because begovic has the easier game out of form burnley away from home a couple got lucky because their keeper did not start so um he came in but that's the problem and this is why i've always stayed away from rotation i don't want to make that choice i have so many other choices to make with my team um, I try not to think about it, which is why I go for. And, and, and then I asked the question. You know, we had a discussion about it on Twitter. We said, like, you know, you know, we've got, um, let's say Begovic, because so far, up until this game week one, have not beat, have probably surprised us, to be honest, with the, that with with the clean sheets, uh, Hart, Patricio and um, Fabianski. Now that's four keepers at 4.5 have been and Hennessy
0: so as well. Far. And Hennessy, sorry, I
1: forgot Hennessy. So you always forget one. And Hennessy. So that's five keepers at four point five. And I said, like, is this the time now to switch from a premium keeper and save a million? And a lot, you know. And I've always said it will level out at the end of the season, where the top six teams highly likely will have the the most um, clean sheets. It's it's just the quality. That that's how it is. That's why it'll probably, it'll probably be five, season.
0: probably be five, the top five, and then there'll be one surprise one in there, the likes of maybe. maybe will get but in. you know what I mean, you're
1: not, you're not, like, you know, you know, like if you go United, Liverpool, City, or even Chelsea, you're not really going to go wrong, right? L- let's be honest, there will most eight times out of ten will get clean sheets. Yes, I know two weeks ago, Liverpool in the last minute they conceded to Spurs, last week, uh, Spurs conceded, but that happens once in a while. The, the thing is, my, my argument, so the way I'm thinking about it is, okay, I've got Edison. Do I want a third City player? That is not, uh, you know, if, because I had Mendy as well, so now I am done. But if I want two, uh, three attacking players, um, Edison is a great keeper for set and forget. You, you're mostly guaranteed six points. <laughs> if you're lucky, you might get one, uh, a, a seventh for, for saves. Obviously, that, <laughs> that assist, but that probably was a one-off, right? Now, I can take that, get... Um, you know, one of the midfielders uh, plus so two midfielders plus Agüero, and save that million and get a keeper, and and it's 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 a discussion that you you know you you can have and you can look at it, see if that million will, will will really affect your team. And you asked me about Hart, right? You wanted me to to cover Hart. Yeah. So if Hart, if if you don't have him, I think you have to wait. You have to stalk. Because, OK, they've got Cardiff and Huddersfield next, right? But after that, they've got City and Chelsea away and home. Now, if you're buying him to be your main keeper, maybe set and forget again. Put him there and, you know, hope, hope Cardiff away, Huddersfield at home. You think Burnley seeing OK, we don't want to overreact, but they did really play well against Bournemouth, who was the informed team. So, yes, they were at home. I saw the Burnley of old and maybe now they've kind of like recovered from the Europa hangover and they want to hit. But that's why I say for me, I would sit and watch because after the City and Chelsea, they've got West Ham, Leicester, Newcastle, Palace. Not bad. Not bad for Burnley. So if you bind him as a rotation keeper, you need to make sure that in those two weeks where they play City and Chelsea, your other keeper has easier games. If you buy him as a sit and forget or you're on a wild card and you want a cheap keeper... I think Burnley now are going to go back to the Burnley that we used to know and see them defend much better, Uh, maybe not win 4-0 every game because we don't know Burnley scoring that many goals. But yeah, I mean, I think Hart for me is a stalk Right now, as somebody who has a premium keeper, all the 4.5 are stalks until I decide what I'm going to do.
0: Yeah, one thing actually, Marzi, you mentioned there saying is is it now the time to move away from those premium things? I think arguably this season, based on the price points that they put a lot of those decent keepers at, four point five, it's probably that time was probably a few weeks ago. But um, the uh, for me it was the four point five. There is a lot of value there this year, and whilst it is nice, I do know the thing of setting a forget with one of those big boys with Ederson or Allison and so on. But it's a, it's it definitely I think this season has been um has been the way to go is the 4.5s, and just go for one and stick with them for a period and maybe jump onto another one if they look like they're in form. Like I'm, like for instance moving from from um somebody onto the likes of Heart or you know Hennessy, who has had two clean I sheets now in a row.
1: Completely agree with you. The reason I didn't is because when I did the wildcard, City's fixtures were just unbelievable, and I wanted that. I, I went double defence. Now, normally, one of the reasons I keep forgetting people at like Hennessy and Patricio is because most of us have either got a Palace defender or a Wolves defender at the moment, and I don't like to double up on on cheap on the cheap defenders and keepers because again, that's just the percentage of them conceding. Now, of course, if you had doubled up on Palace against Newcastle at home, brilliant, fantastic, it was you know they didn't concede, but there's always that chance. Right? imagine if you doubled up at Bournemouth against Burnley.
0: Yeah. No, hundred percent, yeah, hundred percent. I mean do the you the, the, the do that anyway. Well it made it made me nervous and I think a lot of players will have um I saw the I think it was the F Bell coach put up a tweet earlier on with the, he's choosing between um between the two palace defenders this coming game week and also I've got Hennessy and Juan Basaka up against Wilson and Frazier, so it's kind of a no win situation in a way um two attackers up against two defensive players but um these these are the these are the things when you do have a team that are cheap and like wolves who are cheap but are doing well people will probably have some unlucky double ups that um that they'll they'll have to put out there in some game weeks but uh, let's move on to, uh, Mars you're I'm going to give you Trippier so we were speaking about the Spurs guys earlier on um a lot of people are looking at Trippier that assist the goal that he scored earlier on in the game in the season. What's your thinking on Trippier? Is he somebody that people should like? They're looking for Mendy replacements. They're looking for Robertson replacements. Um, is Trippier the premium defender that we'll all kind of want to have for the next coming game weeks?
1: Look, on paper, Trippier is the dream of defenders right now, especially with Mendy being injured. You have the money. Got Huddersfield away, Cardiff at home. West Ham away, then City, then you've got Wolves and Crystal Palace. The guy's already got two assists and a goal. That's why, on paper, I say it's fantastic. But there's two things that will play on my mind. Spurs are just not firing as a team right now. I haven't seen a game where I thought, right, that's the Spurs of last season that I remember. The second one is rotation. Pochettino loves to rotate his wing-backs. And with the Champions League and the fact that they lost the first game and Barca, why would you not play Aurier against um, Huddersfield? With all respect to Huddersfield, Aurier is not that bad. I've seen him. He's, he's not as good as Trippier, but Aurier, you know, he's not that bad. So for me, I don't know. I think if Mendy's out for a while, maybe Trippier is an option. But you have to have a backup, a defender backup that you know will play all the time so uh Doherty for Wolves or Bennett for Wolves or, or Biscuit because if you don't and you have uh, Peltier or two four, you know if you if you haven't wild and you still have players that don't play like Stankovic or or Peltier you really need to be careful if you're playing with three defenders because Trippier could easily be rotated
0: yeah i think if you have the Trippier the the biggest situation you could have a city midfielder uh spurs defender and you're, you know, you need to have a very strong bench because <laughs> with the rotation that goes on there. Uh, so, so will we call him a, will we call him a bonk, Mersey? Or is he, uh, what, what, what grade are you going to give him? <laughs> have
2: no,
1: to, I have did, to get not, you to, have to get you to go for one. Come, come on. on,
2: you have to commit.
1: Come on. Listen, listen. If you have good backups, I would marry him. If you have good backups and you, and you want to sell Mendy, right? Let's say let's say we find that Mendy's out for another three four weeks. That's money that should not stay on your bench. You need to sell. If you don't have, then then he's a or a stock. You need to sort out. your... I said it last week and I'll say it again. This is the time that you have to have a playing bench. Now I don't know about you, but I cannot see more points on my bench than on my field. I, I'm already fed up about it two weeks in a row. Yeah
0: yeah.
1: Which is why I have players that I know will play, but mess, but but I know that I will bench them
0: they're not tempt they don't tempt you to um no. to to play them that's why that was always my problem with the likes of Kanté or someone because you see a city mid or a Chelsea midfielder see that he's a certain amount of shots on target but um I'd never want to start him any week so that's this why is I why i, I sold Kanté yeah, the only, I just, I yeah. On biscuits, he, the only reason I missed that on biscuits
1: the only reason I biscuits points because Kanté was playing Cardiff at home
0: yeah that was torturous but um kylie let's move on to richarlson okay so um tr- he's obviously back and um, he came back in the game against arsenal um from the limited amount of that game that i saw he looked bright he looked like he could have scored um so is richarlson back to being one of those kind of players that we we have to get in at his price point that he is so explosive
2: well, look, what I would say is despite the fact that he got no returns yesterday, he did pass the eye test for me. I thought that, as you said, he looked quite bright. He made some good runs, and he certainly looked very eager, kind of frustrated with himself when he didn't score. And so he's definitely hungry, and we know that he started really well for Everton, and obviously Silva loves him. The reason that I would I would call him a bonk right? Because they do still have some good fixtures. um, And so he's definitely a viable option. But the thing is that there's such an abundance of great options in this price range that it's hard to actually call any of them a marry for me, because I think what we're likely to see is that we are all going to shift between these players throughout the season. So at the moment, Madison is the popular one because Leicester have a great run of fixtures and he's proven really consistent. He's kind of quietly been building on that. I think he's got four returns out of six or something. Um, and then there's there's a variety of other options, and I think we'll talk more about that later when we get to the questions. So because of all of those options that have been thriving while he has missed games because of his ban, I don't think that he is the essential Option that people were sort of thinking him to be after his strong start because his ownership really flew up. Um, I think you can jump on him now and while he's maybe not a differential because there's still some legacy ownership, you could see the benefit out of it. I think that he will score and do well, but um, he he doesn't qualify as a Murray and as i said that's less yeah not yet and i think it's less about him and just more about the the lots of fish in the sea in that category that's and I lot, know lots of that lots of fellas
0: commit. have said the same thing as that kylie you know that there's so many fish in the sea they
2: yeah.
0: they rather just <laughs> bonk and not and not commit yet yeah, to one but uh, <laughs> so I'm being very cliched in my head yeah am totally cliched kylie <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah Marzi, um move on to zaha um, another player who's looked explosive a lot of the time but I'm kind of it, the, the pre-match um injury concerns all the time are kind of if if I was an owner I, I sold him a couple of weeks ago and whilst I do love him i really, really do like him as a player but um'm I'm, I'm actually happy that I'm not an owner at the moment with all this with all this, every single time it seems to be as Zaha has left the warm-up. And um and I'd be concerned about it if I was if I was a Zaha owner. What's your thinking on him? Is he a bunk or stalk for you at the moment?
1: Oh Zaha. He's one of <clears throat> one of the most frustrating players to own sometimes. Um because you expect so much and sometimes you get so little. Uh in fact um, I don't think he has got double figure return this season. Um let me check on not. Goals one one yep. Yeah. I mean listen he's he's scoring one every other game at the moment which is not bad for a seven mil right but the thing is he's the main man for Palace and maybe they did not play well against Newcastle because he was injured maybe he pushed himself to play I think Roy even said like he he's not he wasn't himself so that's that's you know it worries me um, you look at the fixtures and they've got Bournemouth away Wolves at home Everton away brilliant right. Then they've got Arsenal, Chelsea, Spurs, United. Now, Palace have always given the top teams a tough game. And um, they've, all, they've lost, but in most in most of these games that I remember from last season, they lost them, but they still gave gave a good account of themselves. And that's normally down, down to Zaha. So I think if you have got him, you need to bomb, uh, marry him, keep him there. I think um, you've got three fixtures coming up that are juicy, especially, well, first find out if he's not injured, right? And then when you play him against the big teams and you just hope for something, right? Again, he's a seven mil. Problem is, is he, if he's your second striker or third striker, because if he's only your second striker and your third striker is a Wilson or even lower, you kind of want more points from, from Zaha in those big games. If you don't have him, then, I wouldn't bring him short term for just three because then if you're going to bring him in just for the three and what you're going to try and get get rid before the big game so I think if you don't have him he's a stalk and if you have him you just keep him
0: okay let's move on to our Barlow and Baldwin captain picks of course it's only a Monday night so um this could change during the week but um Marzi come to you first on it who are you looking at for game week seven as being your likely captain pick is it on Aguero, or have you got somebody else that may be a Baldwin pick that you're going to go a little bit risky?
1: The Bala one is the easy one. For me, it's Aguero, playing at home to Brighton. I will be surprised if he starts in the Caboero Cup, but it, to be honest, you know what, even if he does, it won't, it won't throw me off if he comes, especially if he comes off early. You never know with Pep. He brought him off early, even though he didn't start in the Champions League, so it's staying on him. Um, now, the the Baldwin one is is a tough one. Um, because there's some some actually not away from the top team fixtures. There's some nice fixtures. You know, if you look like uh, Newcastle, Leicester, uh, Bournemouth, Crystal Palace, and uh, Everton, Fulham, you could easily captain one of those players. So I think I can't. I'm not gonna go with Theo. So I will probably go with Wilson as my Baldwin. He's due something. Because if he doesn't, I'm going to sell
0: him. i <laughs> <laughs> I probably, probably end up selling him anyway because I don't want to have... I I brought in Frazier last week and part of the plan was that Wilson might wake, make way then. Yeah. Because um, I really want to have Mitrovic. I like Mitrovic, but I haven't had him in this season yet. Um, But uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Kylie, what about yourself, captain picks this game week?
2: Okay, so Barlow is... Also, Aguero at home to uh, Brighton, it, you know, it's he does deliver at home. I know people are always talking about you captaining people when they play at home, blah, blah, blah. I think that's largely irrelevant for a lot of players. Um, sometimes it just doesn't matter, whereas with Aguero, we do know that he primarily scores his goals at home, with the exception of last week. But um even if he gets hooked at 60 minutes again, I I still just think it's hard to look past him when some of the other big hitters are playing each other in trickier matches. For Baldwin, like Mar said, I actually think this is, you know, if you could look past Aguero, which would be hard to do, but I think there's some really interesting options Um Mitrovic against Everton is one. I also quite like the idea of Lacazette at home. Oh, you took my one. You took my one, Kylie. (laughs) Look, actually, the thing about it is Watford have actually been one of the better teams defensively, uh, but the partnership of Lacazette and Aubameyang up front has been quite lucrative for Arsenal. Uh, I think he would have a lot of confidence given the fact that he's been delivering in recent weeks and I think that was his third match uh playing ninety minutes. So I I like the idea of, uh, of Lacazette and he's such a differential. It's it's delicious.
0: It is delicious, it is. Yeah, no, he'd be my um, he's my bold one too and Aguero would be the uh so we have a clean sweep of Aguero as the Barlow pick. But that's yeah. that was always going to happen. But I, the one, thing, at, one thing, though, the Mitrovic shout is a very good one. Mitrovic um, against Everton, because I don't think Everton are <laughs> diabolical.
1: But my only concern is Fulham away from home are diabolical. We're in fact, at home, until the second half, they were diabolical against yeah, uh, Watford. I thought I might be getting my clean sheet from Cabasele, even by mistake. <laughs> um, Watford-Fulham, F- Watford um, sorry, Fulham-Everton for me could be one of those games where both teams just can't defend, to be honest. Yeah. So if you've got Richarlison, and you he really, really ballsy, I can't do it with Theo because I just don't trust him. But Richarlison against Fulham defence, they, they looked awful. Much better in the second half. So it just depends which, one's the, which one turns up. Um, then you've got Vardy or Madison against Newcastle. There's so many options outside the top teams.
0: Nice one. Let's move on to our listener questions. And we got an absolute ton of them into the show today. So um, thanks very much to all of you for them. Uh, First up, Kylie, come to you first. Nick underscore FBL, so that's Kiwi Nick, was asking, worth bringing in Kane for Salah for the next two fixtures?
2: Yeah, so on that one, it just kind of goes back to my thoughts in the, the topic of the week. I think that there is absolutely no sort of I wouldn't say it's a bad move um I think that it could be quite a proactive move and I do like when people start to think about that sort of stuff it wouldn't be one for me just because I do think that even though Salah blanked I still think that he will deliver um and Kane Kane just looks off it for me and the only thing you kind of You know, he has penalties and and he can score penalties. But it's not just Kane. Like Spurs in general, just as, as Mars was saying earlier, they just look a bit off the boil. They don't look like this absolute force that can go out and score four goals against a team in like 20 minutes. And we've seen them do that in the past. I believe they will absolutely get to that at some point. I believe Kane will come good again. I think he has too much quality not to. But i'm just not convinced that that's the move that i would make at the moment but i think now is a time where if you were so inclined you might get rewarded for it you don't know
0: nice one colleague Marzi robotic underscore fpl was asking he's confused between lacazette lukaku and obameyang have you any strong opinions on which of those you should be kind of lining up there in your front line
1: do we know who else he has? No, in, but let's just, let's,
0: just, let's just assume for the sake of argument that he has Aguero beside him and he's, uh, and sure, he's basically sure, sure. choosing between one of those guys to complement him.
1: All right. Let, let's make this easy. Between Right now, between Boomerang and Lacazette, I would go Lacazette, even though I was one of those guys that was always shouting for Boomerang because um, he seems to be playing out Wider. He seems to be the one uh, getting hooked earlier because he's playing in Europa. And as you guys mentioned, Lacazette, uh, his goal against Everton was fantastic and uh, he had other chances as well. So that would be my, <clears throat> my choice out of those two. Now between him and Lukaku, that's that's um, that's a tougher one because up until last week, I would have said, you know, Lukaku's scoring, he's on fire, um, go with Lukaku. However, United were just, again, back to them, to their old self at home against Wolves. Um, saw the highlights. I didn't see the whole game. I didn't see Lukaku very involved. Um, they do have nice fixtures coming up. they got West Ham away, Newcastle at home, and Everton at home. I would say Lacazette and spend the money somewhere else.
0: Thanks, Mersey. Um, Kylie, this is from No One You Know at Just Mendoza. Um, he was asking, now he's talking about M- uh, Mendy, of course, a lot of people are, were all, me included, um, keyed in and trying to see on Ben Dinnery's timeline to see if we'll get any inkling to do with Mendy and how long he's going to be out for. But um, barring any news of his injury keeping him out for too long, he's torn between playing um, Biscuits or Hughes um, away at Arsenal this um, this coming game week. He's leaning towards Hughes as he doesn't think that Bournemouth will blank a second week in a row. What's your thoughts on that? So Biscuits versus Hughes?
2: I would, even though I got punished by benching Biscuits this week, um, I would tend to agree. To agree, I prefer to err on the side of playing the attacker uh, just because there there tends to be more opportunities there. Hughes has looked bright when he plays. Um, and look, despite Arsenal keeping a clean sheet, I I still don't have a lot of faith in them defensively. And I think that Watford have a lot of threat about them. I also tend to agree that I don't think Bournemouth will um sort of not score for a second week in a row that was a strange result not least of which because uh, Burnley had been defensively quite poor even though you know obviously they usually are a strong defensive team but the fact that they scored four goals was just absolute insanity I mean in what scenario do Burnley even at their best score four goals that's kind of like Bournemouth defensive sort of Situation of uh, of the past where they didn't get clean sheets, but I think that Bournemouth will bounce back. They have a lot of attacking options there, and they have been very strong um, in, in attack. So, I I wouldn't be uh, I wouldn't be betting on a clean sheet for Crystal Palace again. There, I I think that uh, Bournemouth will find a way to score, and you know, Hughes I believe he got an assist. Um, for Gray's goal uh, at the weekend, and so I could see him getting something at uh, Arsenal against
0: yeah, Arsenal. No, I, I I think as you said, this kind of generally the safer thing is to go for an attacker because you have more more of a chance of gaining attack points, whereas you are very reliant on the clean sheet when you have your defenders. Um as tempting as biscuits is at the moment. Um thanks Kylie. Um next question is a little bit of a group discussion on this one. Um it came in from our buddy Dave from Burnley and he was asking about the um every year we get a bunch of um city players, etc etc you need to have a strong bench um, if you're going to have a lot of those rotation-heavy teams. Um, so let's discuss who are the best bench players right now. So, how about you, um, Marzi? Give me your keeper. Who would you have if, you're, if you have a goalkeeper that's bench, that's you know can be can be benched or is a little bit kind of precarious? We could put Hart in that category. Um, who it would you to like be. to have? Mm.
1: Mm, it has to be one of the four point fives.
0: Yeah, you heart, have to go for a 4.5 rotation. Yeah,
1: absolutely, because none of the four are playing anymore. If they were, Hammer would be the option, but he's mm. not anymore. Uh, I don't, which I, which uh, I am upset about. <laughs> yeah, I bet you are. Yeah, yeah, it would have to be one of the one of those keepers that we already discussed. You know, um, mm. it's it's not. Uh, hard to see you benching them in some games so Patricio and that's a problem that's why I don't do it but Patricio Fabianski uh, Hart Begovic Hennessy one of those
0: yeah because one of the it is one of the things with with Hennessy uh, as we mentioned you know if you do have a double up say with a Wolves and a Crystal Palace double up it would be nice to have another another goalkeeper who you can rotate in but you'll be happy leaving the palace guy there most of the time but to avoid that double up on these kind of game weeks um, you know where i prefer it's not the optimal way to go into it to have a, have a have a crystal palace double up in defence but uh, let's let's see how it goes, sure. Um, the move on to defenders, Kylie. So, um, well, who is your favorite? There is a good few actually good options in terms of playing defenders. But um, who would be your pick of the bunch to have in defence, and why would you go from? Uh,
2: look, I I think it's it's kind of hard to, to split between um, one biscuit, Bennett, and Doherty. I, you know, obviously the cheaper of the two being uh, Biscuits and and Bennett and at that price, like when have we been so spoilt with cheap defenders in terms of these circa four million defenders? Biscuits been great, um, and they still do have a couple of good fixtures. Crystal Palace, but their fixtures do turn shortly, so. Whether you'll want to to continue playing him then or not, I don't know. Um, Wolves has kind of been mixed, but defensively they've been quite good. I just think this is a situation where there's definitely a bench template and it is these guys. Doherty is the one that is quite attractive from an attacking viewpoint. And I think if you have one or two of these as your defensive bench options and you're going kind of premium at the back, which seems to be the template that you can't go far wrong. You don't necessarily need to have a differential in these guys. You have cheapest chips options who are really viable, who have been delivering points for people off the bench. No need to mix it up too much there.
0: Nice one. Thanks, Kylie. Um, Marzi, move on to the midfielders. Um, who is your pick of the bunch to um, to have sitting on that bench as your midfielder? I know you're with me with Gunduzi because you copied me in that one. But um, uh, who, yeah. who would you well, go for if, saying, you, if you had that decision saying. over again? Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah.
1: So listen, if, if you're looking for a 4.5 or a 4.4, well, he's back to 4.5 now, you have to look at Holtbergs. I'm not just saying it because he scored a couple of goals. That's one of the reasons. But he, I watched I watched the highlights against Liverpool and he could have easily had a goal. He was yeah. right up there in that tack, in the box, and he's always in. And he's got a sweet shot on him as well. And if you look at their fixtures, they've got Wolves away, OK, Chelsea at home, Bournemouth away, Newcastle at home. Those four fixtures, you know, he, he could easily get something out of those. And if if you're one of your players, uh, the premium ones, is rested... Why not? Now, if you want to spend a little bit more and you're looking at around the five million because you want, you know, better quality players, well, we're actually getting a little bit lucky here. You've got Hughes from Watford, who I've always liked as a player, and he he just got an assist last week, but he also got a goal at the beginning. He's playing the team that is uh, attacking. He also always seems to be in the box, always involved. So that that's that's a good option. You've got Lennon. I've I've always liked from the Spurs days. Um, yes, he just got a goal again for Burnley. Look, at five million and playing for Burnley, you're probably going to play him most likely when he's at home or again. If one of your players Mr. away, uh, uh, did did not play, so it's not a bad option. He he he's somebody who again will always be involved. Uh, in the attacks. Um, apart from that, you've got Nevis. Nevis. Is that it? It's another option for Wolves. just put him there on the bench and he might have a screamer and if you're lucky it's when you play him so there's three options
0: nice one thanks Maris. um kylie the forwards who who is your pick now the forwards i guess the the budget budget options haven't done a massive amount yet but um who would you be kind of who's your favorite guy to have on the bench there if you were if you were wildcarding right now
2: right well so I did just wildcard and um, I decided to forego the bench option um, for, for forwards. I went with Hoiberg as my fifth defender, uh, fifth midfielder, sorry, for the reasons that um, Mars outlined. I, what I would say with the forwards is that if you're looking at those super cheap bargain basement options, they are super cheap for a reason they barely feature um so you know if you're going to have an active bench there there's not a whole lot of value you're going to get out of them if you then start to look at the slightly still very cheap they're sub six you know your ings and Jimenez. i just went completely blank there oh my god humanez <laughs> Ings and Jimenez. um they are sort of respectably cheap options, but they're also ones that can give you a benching headache um, and they can definitely haunt you from the bench if, if you do put them there. For me, I'd be more inclined, as I said, to go for the the cheap playing, always playing um, midfield option um, and then have two playable uh, cheap forwards who are in that above six range personally so you've Mitrovic and you've these kind of ones you could do a Mitrovic and an Ings or you know something like that but I just think that there's a lot of value to be had at the moment in the sort of five to seven ranged for um, forwards that that's usually such a difficult spot to fill in our teams but it's you know, there's a plethora of options there at the moment. So they're really, they're absolutely living up. Um, and they're in, indeed, in many cases, outperforming the premium options. So I wouldn't be looking at one.
0: This year is basically trying to decide which of them to go for is the the
2: difficult it, decision. The, the challenge, and we could, we could be seeing that there probably will be a sort of musical chairs situation happening there, but I wouldn't be using, for me personally, I wouldn't be using the third striker spot for the bench uh, just based on the way it is at the moment.
0: Play player player third forward, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um the Kylie will or John will we'll move on to actually John G's question and give this one to you, Amir's. Um, He's talking about the mini-league strategy in terms of whether when you use your free transfers to shield the lead or do you always look for alternative players and try to be a sword. He's number one in his mini-league but he's facing a Salah plus Mendy dilemma at the moment Um, and there are better alternatives owned by those chasing. So Marzi, give me your quick update, uh, your take on what John should do.
1: Yeah, so it's all about mini-league for me and John knows that. So for, for me, listen, the first few, first few months until December, I just want to be with the chasing pack. I want to be in the top six, seven. So I try and make sure that I check the, the teams around me and the player that is the most owned by all I must have. And most of the time it's the Salah, the Aguero, these guys. Now, it's always good to have a couple of differentials because you want to go ahead of them. And always try and sometimes with the captain, just go with the safe option, I would say, at the beginning. Now, from January onwards, that's when I try try to, to, take, to take my strides and build up to the double game weeks when, when I try and take the lead. And that's when I, I start um, looking around, seeing where 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 are these you know differentials that might not be differentials in the game, but differentials in my mini league. Um, and sometimes I start being more attacking uh, than than defensive. Um, so I would say don't worry too much now just make sure that you're in the pacing pack you're not too far away and then from January onwards, try and take your claim and in the double game weeks that's when I try and lead that's, that's my my policy anyway
0: nice one Mars. good stuff Um, Kylie we we've, we've discussed a lot about Madison and the kind of mid-priced midfielders but um, Nick FPL that's Kiwi Nick again and Samantha a Samant H. Naktar um, and also Garf at FPL Shark. They were talking about the 6 to se- six to 7.5 million assets and kind of who we like most in that bracket. Um, I guess it boils down probably to Rick Carlson versus Madison. Um, give me a quick one-word answer on which of those two you prefer.
2: Madison. But I Madison. think
0: there's other options as well. Yeah, I know, because you did you did go through, and I mean, I think we covered a lot of the um, of those. There, there's so much choice in that price well, range Radzi at the moment.
2: In that price range as well. Mm. You mm. know, not consistent. Ramsey
0: is just such—he's yeah—he's such a you know as as people describe a troll. He he tends to um
2: yeah. everyone
0: brings them in and hopeful. A ho- lot of this
2: price range of trolls because there's Walcott in there as well. But I would say oh, um, there's geez. a reason.
0: Don't don't even mention don't even mention Walcott. <laughs> people that start switching off their uh, their phones now. Yeah, they won't no, listen I, anymore.
2: <laughs> I think I, I think people have are going with Madison for a reason, um and it's a sensible.
0: Yeah, he's, he's been very, he's been excellent. He's been consistent as well. Um, the FBL Boffin was asking about, he's saying he has an overall yeah. rank of 573. So, um, his, his question is whether to play to move up or consolidate position. So, um, well done to the Boffin there. That's an unbelievable, uh, rank to have at this stage of the season. I'd probably be thinking he needs to, um, he just needs to basically just play conservative for now. Don't be worrying about necessarily moving up at this point in the season and uh, just try try to consolidate at the moment. Do you agree on that one?
2: No. You wouldn't. I would say no. I look, it's go so for gold. Early.
0: Go for gold.
2: It's so old. no. I think a measured approach between the two is kind of necessary because if you play it too safe you're you know pe- people will overtake you anyway um so i think absolutely hold to the template in a fashion but definitely try and make some proactive moves as well i would be thinking so about that, that, that is look, that's the
0: general that's look, a-
2: don't captain will
1: don't captain wilson at home <laughs> yeah <don't> do <laughs>
2: it's,
1: it's, but it's, it's generally
0: <laughs> the same advice so you'd have for anyone really in an fbl but, is it, that-
2: but that is exactly it though i think you know there is, it's, it's so early. We've, we're going into game week seven and so much can happen in 31 game weeks that you need to, as Mars always says, you need to have a plan and you need to kind of go with it. So I think that approach applies sort of wherever you are. I mean, if you're like 2 million or something, then maybe go a bit crazy. Sure, why not? But um, I wouldn't be playing it too safe because there will be, aggressive players who will overtake you as well and so you know i I think the same rules kind of apply and enjoy it while you're there because enjoy enjoy
0: seeing those um yeah just three figures in your rank it's uh yeah
2: it's amazing yeah
0: it is indeed uh mars gino at g underscore ot was asking about your thoughts on david brooks as a differential pick or should we even be considering him so a quick answer on that one mercy
1: No, I looked at his stats. uh, No, I wouldn't. Not his price range. Nice one. So, uh,
0: short and sweet in that one Gino but um the the just stay away from David Brooks he sounds a bit like an accountant anyway so we'll uh we won't bother picking him for our FBL teams (laughs) um Kylie FBL Claret was asking um they gave this gave me a laugh um let's say someone hypothetically like transferred out Aguero by accident would you look to get him back in or is it Sterling's time to shine
2: (laughs) I love this um Look, statistically speaking, Aguero is winning out. I mean, he's got an attempt every 14.5 minutes. That's half of Sterling's. He's at 28.4. And he's also got, you know, he's being very creative. That being said, Sterling's got three goals and an assist, I think. So, I, there's a risk because of ownership, but I do like the proactive approach here because we know what Sterling can do. And if Aguero looks like he's getting reduced minutes, then you know it is something that could pay off. Obviously, we've seen Dave has been um, talking about this whole Sterling versus Aguero oh, thing. Oh, no, I haven't noticed and
0: that. Do you notice that? <laughs> no, no.
2: Just a little. Um it, It's, it's maybe not something that I would do, but then I have Aguero in my team and Sterling is someone that's kind of been lingering around, um, in my thoughts as, as someone interesting. So it, it would be ballsy, but you know, it could pay off.
0: And if it's, if you've already gotten rid of Aguero, then maybe, maybe it's, maybe give it a shot.
2: yeah, it doesn't do you any harm to give it a shot. Like if you've already got rid of him, give it a couple of weeks, see what happens. You can bring Aguero back in. Um but you know, I would be I would be tempted maybe say fate made you take Aguero out. Um hypothetically and um uh, you can hypothetically put sterling in and see what happens.
0: Not sleep deprivation on your phone at night, which is when yeah, I tend to do on my transfers, answer. yeah. <laughs> There's uh, a
1: lesson in it. Uh,
0: Marzy, Roger Booth was asking that at, uh, at Roger B seventy eight. He was asking what would you do with his team? So he has Neves Bennett and who else has he got there, Mars? Doherty. And Doherty. Doherty. So he's the three Wolves players going up against Southampton at home this week and he wants to play at least two of them. So if if Annie, would you bench which which player would you bench?
1: Oh, which which player I would bench? I'll probably bench um, Nevis. I would <clears throat> I'll definitely play one of the defenders ahead of uh Biscuit. So he's got Alonso, Robertson, and Biscuit. I'm, I'm always, I, I would say, you know, I know Alonso and, Alonso and Robertson playing each other. Um, I would, uh, it's, it's quite tough. His team is, is pretty good. The only one, you know what, I would bench um, Biscuit and play one of Bennett or Doherty, play play Um And then just because Walcott is a troll, I mean, could he be arrested? You could play uh, either Nevis or the other guy ahead of Walker. But apart
0: from that, it thing looks good. Kylie, Dom J was asking a um, question as to where you put your budget. So is it best to go for power or inform midfielders such as Madison or Hazard, Frazier, Salah or Richard, Richarlison, and then just have one premium striker? So um, where do you want to put your budget, Kylie? Um, it, it, we, we saw a clear template kind of way to distribute it before, but um, do you think that's changing? For me, it's not really um,
2: the you know who those players might be is changing because I while I do look at fixtures, I, I try to balance that with form and I try not to ignore form players when they're when they have seemingly difficult fixtures. Um, I think that the the balance of having quality in midfield and some of the more affordable options a.k.a. Fraser and Richarlison or the like, is really viable. And to be honest, I'm still fully supportive of the one premium striker option um, in Aguero, uh, you know, for for most, um, with the likes of Mitrovic, Wilson and these kind of characters alongside them, because I think you're just getting really great value for money there. That will change, I have no doubt, and it will probably change quite quickly because we do have premium options who haven't quite... Uh, come to the fore yet? They're starting to be looked at, with people talking about cane and so on. But I'm still quite happy with uh, with the template structure, I would I would say, um, and and shifting around as as fixtures and and form changes. But I think if we were having this conversation in you know, eight weeks time, it could very possibly be a totally different situation. Kylie,
0: Joseph Allegretti was asking Mendy to Trippier, um, the Trippier bandwagon or go to Darty for wolves double up or save a transfer. Um, because Mendy is fine and has even time to go to the boxing fights. So um t- tell us um what's your plans with Mendy?
2: <laughs> okay, well I did the Mendy to Trippier move that's, last right, week that's on my right, wildcard. Yeah. Um Yeah, I I probably would have left it uh, otherwise just for that week Um, but I think there's a case for both, Uh, you know we've talked quite a bit about Trippier I think if you have a viable bench um, it's okay because Trippier doesn't come on late in the match. So he's either going to play or someone else is going to play. And we've had a lot of bench points this season, so that may not be the worst situation. They are looking a bit shaky defensively still, though. Um, as for Doherty, I think if you're going to downgrade and, and you're happy with your your defensive options elsewhere, then that's a totally respectable move that will give you some quite a bit of money and basically give you two to circa 2 million to spend so if you know where you want to spend that and that's going to provide a really valuable improvement to your team elsewhere I'd probably be inclined to say that one because you have no guarantees that you're going to get all your games out of Trippier. I went with both options on my wild card so i you know, I think there's a case for each.
0: Nice one. Thanks, Kylie. FPL Jogger was asking, he's looking for a man replacement. So, um, um, A is downgrade to a six and a half to seven mil midfielder. So that's the likes of Richarlison, um, leaving only one premium midfielder. That's Salah. Um, stay at the similar or, or same kind of price bracket, which is Ericsson or Ali for him. Um, upgrade. Let's go for Hazard or keep and remove Salah. Personally, jogger, I would be probably. I, I'm actually tempted to do the downgrade um, to a Charlison for this coming game week, but because um, I do like the, the do like their fixtures and I do like the idea of having a bit of cash in the bank to do. Um, to do maybe the upgrade to Salah again and in two week, two game weeks' time. But um, personally, um, I, I have Hazard, so um, it's it's kind of a tough one to go for. I wouldn't go for Ericsson or Ali simply because, as we've mentioned before, we're not big believers in the Spurs attack at the moment. But um, best of luck to you, whatever decision you come up with. Um, guys, that's all we got time for on today's show. We have been Mars. You can find at Mars05 on Twitter kylie who you can find at kylie fpl and myself of course you can find at the marple curse we hope you've enjoyed listening in check us out at three where you'll find our latest blog posts and links to our social channels please like share and rate the podcast on itunes thanks a million for all of your support good luck in game week seven booyah one for each other and all for one the brave amigos are we Brother to brother and everyone, a brave amigo. Wherever they need us, our destinies lead us, amigo.